Welcome to the New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you are encouraged by this message by Pastor Tom Sturbins. I'd like for you to take uh, Bibles, pads, smartphones, whatever, and if you would, uh, turn first to Hebrews chapter 10. And let me give you a, a couple of scripture on the way and a bit of a preamble. In these weeks, I've thought to title our time together in the Word as um, Hillside Sermons for Storm Realities, and I guess that's the, the name. Now, the, where, where that comes from and where is, is from Mark chapter 6. There's 18, about 18 or 19, between 18 and 20 events that are covered in all four Gospels. If you're new to faith, the first books of, uh, of what we refer to as the second half of the Bible, the New Testament, the New Covenant, are the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And each of them have a different angle or perspective on the life and mission and ministry of Jesus Christ. And there's 18 to 20 or so stories that are covered. And this event I'm about to share with you follows one of those 18 or 20 stories. It's the feeding of 5,000. There could have been as many as 15,000 people there. But they found themselves after that, Jesus told his disciples to go to the other side of this large lake. They would refer to it as the Sea of Galilee. Go to the other side. And a really big storm came up. Jesus wasn't in the boat with them, but the disciples, many of whom were fishermen and very much familiar with the waters and certainly how to handle a boat. But they were there in the middle of the night and the, the, the waves were breaking against the boat and it was about to sink. And Jesus comes walking to, to them on the water and as he gets to them, uh, they're shocked, they don't know what to do. And each of the Gospels give us just a, a tiny a little bit different um, angle, as I said, on each of these stories and so they do here. But Mark brings something to point that the other ones don't. Um, Jesus comes and it says they were shocked. One, one, one of the Gospels says they were greatly afraid. And one of the stories talks about Jesus speaking to Peter, one of the apostles, who would become the apostle. And, uh, and Peter said, can I come to you? And he says, yeah, you know, come to me. And, and he walked on water. So we talk about that. But after it's all over and the story's over and, and Jesus gets back in the boat, Mark chapter 6, verse 51 says, then he got into the boat with them and the wind stopped they were utterly astonished for they had not gained any insight from the incident of the loaves but their heart was hardened now that's an amazing thing and and very quickly what happened there is mark makes a reference that they had learned everything they needed hours earlier on the hillside and i'm going to borrow the language from from Psalm 23 when it says a green pasture, still water, and a restored or a very full soul. Literally, they had had that moment of sitting on this hillside and green pastures and there was no wind blowing, still waters. And after being fed with, from a few fish, they were indeed very full. It said they didn't learn anything from that. And here's the point. The inference is Jesus was trying to teach them everything that they would need for the storm that was ahead. So I want to go back in, in these weeks and revisit some things that we studied here at New Hope in recent months. And as you go back and look, you see God really prepping us for what's out there ahead. I, I hope just 
the fact that we've done this and it's happened gives you some comfort that the Holy Spirit of the age to come is also the Holy Spirit of our present. And he was the Holy Spirit that was in our present uh, six months ago as we studied this, knowing that relative to six months ago, today was in the future. But he was prepping us for the storm we were going to face. And as we come to that, uh, we're, we're going to look at these simple things, holding fast in the middle of a storm. And the language that's used here is compelling. So if you would now, look at Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to start at verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, we want to be sitting in your living room, and this is not church. So we're, we're Brenda and I are exploring new grounds and new waters, knowing that there are several hundred people watching. But the amazing thing is, is the internet gives us the ability to be aware that there's a great crowd watching, but we're speaking to you one at a time. I thought in prayer life, as we discussed this week, what a wonderful picture it is of, of, of prayer that we think often is God looking from wherever he is on the masses. But the, the Bible speaks of this timeless, spaceless God as meeting with us one-on-one. -on -one. So uh, I think that in and of itself is just a cool reminder. But as we, as we come to this scripture this morning, I want to make one point. The last point says, encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. By the way, I didn't finish my thought, which I'm famous for doing you know, when I go off script at all. But um, I, I've, I've prodded Brenda three or four times. I said, now, I want you to do this like we do it at home, because we talk about God's Word at home. Um, we sing at home. We, we do all of this at home, really. And uh, so I'm, we're going to test all this out on you. So I've invited her and saying, please interrupt. You have a thought like we do in conversation. So we're going to try and work through this, and, and maybe you can join us in that. But it, it says, encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. The day drawing near that the writer to the Hebrews was referring to is that day, the day of the Lord, at the end of the age, um, when God returns, whether it is the moment that the heavens and the earth merge and there's a new heaven and a new earth, all of those various things refer to, generally speaking, things we call the day of the Lord. But it's at the end of it all. And this says, encourage one another. Now remember the opening verse. Hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And then it says, all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, now watch, watch that tension. That it says right now you've got to hold fast. These are nautical terms that refer to keeping a boat on course. And one of the few times it's used in the scriptures in the later chapter of Acts, um, of the book of Acts, when Paul's in a storm, and he refers to the helmsman that had the responsibility of keeping the ship on course to get to the shore through the storm. <clears throat> this is very much a nautical term. So it's referring to our storm right now. Now the language again says, encourage one another all the more as you see that day drawing near. But beloved, here's the deal. 
the questions we have today, <clears throat> the questions we have today about can I make it to that day, I really don't think as I talk to believers that know Christ that uh, there is the big concern, is my salvation good enough or can it get me there? There's really a lot of peace. Can I suggest to you right now as we encourage one another right now in the storm, the day we're looking forward to is the day after I get my last paycheck because this pandemic that's come has resulted in my termination. Uh, the day after this pandemic is over and why that is such a uh, and, and life begins to return to some degree of normalcy. And that has to do more with the day than, is that going to be two weeks, two months, six months? I mean, we just don't know. And I'm not here to incite any fear. I, I'm here to lead us to the fountain to splash around. Because it's only in that moment as we engage the Spirit that we're going to find we, in fact, have the ability to walk through this storm and hold fast and not be blown off course. The Bible says we do that by encouraging one another. I think that is so critical right now because if we look back through history, the church has always thrived and shone most brightly in the darkest moments. And this is certainly a dark moment, but what we're seeing is so beautiful that we are holding fast the word of God as we encourage one another. We may not be able to, to gather and assemble, but we we can text, we can Amen. FaceTime, we can Zoom, we can make phone calls. We can encourage one another with words and deeds and look beyond the typical church venue, if you will. I think it's just such a wonderful opportunity for the Church of Jesus Christ, for believers, to step beyond our moment in our own concerns or our fears and look out for those outliers, for those people on the edges that maybe don't have an encourager in their home like you or we do. And to hold fast the Amen. confession of our faith because the word of God is alive, it's breathing, it's true. So we don't have to fear. We don't have to go into depression. We don't have to wonder if we're going to have another meal because God said he would supply all of our needs. And how does he do that? He does that through one another, through us. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, this word hope, hold fast the confession of our hope. The word confession, we, we talk about a lot at New Hope. It comes from the Greek term that literally means to say the same thing or to say the same thing as. And I love overlaying that confession concept on just the number of places that it shows up in the New Testament uh, that I want to say the same thing as. Holding fast the confession of my hope. I want to say the same thing as my hope. What does that even mean? How do I say the same thing as my hope? See, my hope lives somewhere out beyond where I am. It lives somewhere out beyond what I can see. Um, right now, it lives out there beyond what I can grasp or hold to or firmly wrap my head or my hand around. Hold fast the confession of my hope. I'm going to confess my hope. Where, where is our hope found? Well, the book of Romans is loaded with language of hope, as Paul would, would write about hope from just every angle. And really, I was unaware of that until just last night, and I was reading the New Testament references to hope and Romans is loaded with it. But what I want to point out is we're reading verses 23 and 24 and 25 of chapter 10. 
And what happens in just about eight more verses, there's a, a break and we know to be chapter 11. So chapter 11 comes, here comes the verse, watch. And it's a favorite one of most believers. Now faith is the substance, the essence of things hoped for. Here it is, hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now a moment ago, I said to you, hold fast saying the same thing as my hope. What does that mean? Does that mean being what I say is a sort of a foo-foo head or an airhead or whatever? Mm-hmm. Well, I know life is real and I know everything's, but you know, I'm going to confess this or I'm going to confess that. No, it's speaking from a place of hope. And why is that? Watch the language of Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the conviction, the conviction of things I don't see yet. I said a moment ago that our hope lies in the land out there beyond. Uh, Let me read to you a working definition of hope uh, that I've sort of distilled and shared probably for 30 years. As a matter of fact, can you see that? No. No? Okay, you can't see that. Well, I can see it. The hope is the abiding conviction. The the abiding conviction of a point of promise or future event. I know this is wordy. I'll find a better way of saying it. But this just lights my fire. See, for a lot of us at Hope, uh, here in Tennessee, we we believe that that, that we want to have hope that the the Vols will have a good season, whether basketball, football. We want to, we hope we can find toilet paper. (laughs) We, We hope we can find hand sanitizer. But for the believer, it's not a wishful thinking. It's an action of our faith that is the abiding conviction of a point of promise or future event that prompts a redirecting of steps so as to intersect with that event or promise. Beloved, it's an all-in reality. Now, the point of this language when it says, all the more as you see the day drawing near, my big redirection is I've embraced that Christ in me is the hope of glory. I've embraced that the Holy Spirit is working in me from image to image, from glory to glory, the image and the essence of God. My hope is at the end of the age that I know I will stand in the presence of God. So my, my big picture hope is redirected by that big picture reality. But in between here and there, there is a hope that I can hold fast to. And that is the God of my yesterday and the God of my present is in fact the God of my tomorrow. Beloved, there's nothing more that I can say to you to encourage you. What happens in the book of, of, of Hebrews, and again I'm, I'm going off script here, but 16 names are listed by name and then a host of others that are not named. It says, and, and many others who did things. But after you leave verse 6 of Hebrews 11, all the way through to verse 38, where it wraps up, is this list of people who live before us, literally walking in life in the grip of the unseen. What do I mean by that? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the conviction of what we can't see. We can't see the outcome of tomorrow. We can't see... But we have a hope that God is in the middle of my tomorrow, and he is, beloved, as we walk out that convic- con- conviction. Now, here's the deal. The hold fast, 
being a nautical term, hold fast your confession of hope for he who promised, without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. What is that saying? Nautical terms. As we walk out this life and we're headed from here to there, how will we get there? This says, I can hold fast, hold the course, if I will speak from a hope that has been placed in my heart. I think that brings us full circle back to Mark, where Jesus told the disciples that hadn't they learned what they needed to learn from the feeding of the the 5,000? Amen. And I've often thought about that when God does it again, so to speak. He does something miraculous or something I've been praying for. And then when it happens, I'm like, oh, isn't that amazing? It's almost like we're surprised every time. But there's this song that we sing. It says, do it again. I've seen you move, move the mountains. And I believe that I'll see it again. And I think the hope that we have is, in my simple mind, (laughs) is those of us who have experienced the goodness of the Lord, that have experienced the word of God being true, that have experienced those, those miracles, those, those answers to prayer, that if we can hold fast to those promises that we know and have experienced, we don't ha- it, the, the Israelites, it was like, they were telling stories that they had experienced, but the children had yet to experience some of those. But today, as all of us begin to experience the feeding that every need is supplied, every person was fed, there was no lack, actually there was abundance, that we can have this hope because we have experienced the faithfulness of God and how quickly we forget. That's what the enemy does. He comes and deceives us. He comes and wants to lie to us, but our hope is in understanding that, God, I've seen you do this before, and I know, I know that you're going to be with me no matter what I face, no matter what's there, because my faith has been tested, and you have been faithful. Amen. Amen. Uh, as, as Brenda was talking, so many things flashed to my mind that our life that we've spent together, and the number of times that we're standing in a reality and it appears to be in conflict with our hope, with the outcomes. But again, as you just said, that there are a group of people, the nation of Israel, one generation, could tell them about the miraculous things God had done. Faith and life in Him, in, in, in God, was not a theory. Philippians says to come and, and bring our petitions and make them known. It with an attitude and a disposition of thankfulness. You see, thankfulness is a declaration of testimony regarding our past. Now, we can thank God that, Lord, you're in my future, you are my hope. I get that. But as you come with a heart of thanks, it's important. To ask the it world. is our testimony that as we give thanks, we are testifying a personal experience of the goodness of God, the faithfulness of His Word that he is with us and our testimony causes us to be overcomers. I can't help but to believe that in this time of uncertainty where you're wondering maybe where your next paycheck will come from or what you have need of or what tomorrow is going to hold or what the start is going to do, here's the hope that we have. He that is faithful 
has promised and it will come to pass that every need will be supplied. Mm. He will never abandon us. And that comes with this, the song that we've been singing, Raise a Hallelujah, our, our, our praise, our, our weapon is a melody. It's the song of our heart. It's the testimony of our soul. So I can't encourage you enough today to hold fast to what you've known to be true. Hold fast to the word and to the promise of God and give thanks for it. Because when you begin to give thanks for it, it expands the possibilities. The enemy has to flee. There's no place Amen. that he can gain footing or a stronghold in our life when we are filled with thanksgiving and praise and generous hearts. Okay, now... All of those words, it's your fault for me chasing the rabbit I'm about to chase. Yeah, I see that time. She's pointing at a clock we have here. We're good. Um, Dan, I don't have a Bible with me or my laptop. It's the closing verses. I'm saying to Dan that Dan's in the tech booth. Like I said, there's four of us here uh, pulling all this off so we could uh, keep everybody at a distance and safe and all of that. But uh, the closing verses of chapter 11 of Hebrews, what you just said, Brenda, about a witness. And beloved, here's something I want to share with you. Uh, it's 38 and 39 or 39 and 40. I don't know how many verses are there. I've forgotten. Okay. Uh, what verse is that? Let's see. Wandering in deserts and mountains and caves, holes in the ground. Keep going. All of these, I think you need to move a lot further. To having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Did you hear that? Having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. That is the short-term thing. They didn't see it. There's a couple of points here that are huge. Go on to the next thing. But here, here comes the verse, I think, that I'm looking for. Uh, having gained approval through their faith. You know, I, I, that word, I looked it up this past week. It's the same word for what you're saying. It's martyreo. It's the same word for testimony or witness. But I love what one Bible says. Listen, guys, here's, we're going to wrap it up right here. I think we found a good spot. <laughs> that it, um, I think it's the Message Bible and the New Living Translation, as I looked at them last week. It says they gained divine witness. Divine witness. Divine approval. Now, here's the deal. Boy, there's... This is just such an amazing thing. I'm going to have to just leave it hanging. And hopefully the spirit of what I'm about to say will sort of leave us splashing into fountain. Uh, you can bring bottles to fill up later. But um, here it goes. It says that these lived in such a manner, holding to their confession and witness, witness of God in their life. They said when it was done, the word says that they received a divine testimony, oh. a divine witness. There's other passages of scripture in the book of Daniel, watch this, that talk about the end of the age and, and, and it's poetic language and it says the ancient of days, God came and sat. And it's sort of this parallel language that speaks to the end of the age when God on his throne brings final judgment, uh, albeit through grace and mercy and judgment, to all matters of everything and it's done. But it says in the book of Daniel that it says, and the son of God came. It said, and the court sat. I love this because the Bible in another place says that Jesus Christ, after he died and was resurrected, he ascended to the father. And here's another judicial term to be our advocate. What hit me? Can, can, I, I'm not even trying to put it into words. 
If I want somebody on the witness stand of my life in moments of spiritual warfare, when everything is coming against me, beloved, there is one that says, I'm going to step up personally and I'm going to testify for you. Oh my, I don't even know how to wrap my head around all of that as I see in the realm of the Spirit and there's so much happening. And I believe what we're involved in right now is indeed spiritual warfare. Just the, the, the adversary in hell coming against uh, the, the human wholeness that God intended for this earth. That's a much bigger discussion, but this is certainly one of those. And as we stand here, often at times, trembling what Brenda prayed the verse we studied last week we're filled with a Holy Spirit that's not a Holy Spirit of fear but a Holy Spirit of power and of love and a sound mind and we have something else to say this morning when it appears as though the evidence of life right now is pushing back against us and overwhelming and we're wondering what can we do well it says if we hold fast a confession of hope if we hold a faith that the substance of what we hope for the evidence of things not seen can I tell you there's more stuff going on in the unseen realm and the unseen world than just our future points of of realization that we can't get around get this beloved that I want you to get that if the Savior himself rises rises when we make a confession of our hope and say I've got to stand on hope I've got to stand on the promises that it will be, and, and, and I just pray, when all of the evidence of where we're in seems to be mounted against us as we stand in this never-ending judicial process of will my words have weight, what better person to have rise as a witness for you and a witness for me than the number one advocate where Jesus says, I want to speak to you about Tom. I'm rising to witness about his witness. Oh my goodness. I'm rising to witness. It says, these not having yet realized what they would see, again, at the end of their life and at the end of the age, God stood in the middle of it and said, I know you don't think you got there yet. I know you don't think that you finished, but I'm rising to witness your testimony. You see, a testimony and a witness is a reminder of the last time hell failed. A testimony has to do with where I've been. Hell has taken its best shot. And we've got a journal of them as we begin to pray and bring our petitions and pleadings before the throne of God. We say, Father, I thank you. I thank you for the moment in my life when it looked like everything was over and you stepped in between. Mm. Hallelujah. And you stepped in between and you showed up. It reminds hell of the last time it took its best shot. And you're going to have a testimony as certainly you have one about yesterday. Your testimony today is proof that you every yesterday would have a tomorrow. And this is yesterday's tomorrow. And beloved, be sure of this. There is a tomorrow coming. Go read Hebrews chapter 4. This says, as long as it's today, continue to encourage one another. As long as today is called today, I'm here today to encourage you because it's today. And tomorrow will be yesterday uh, tomorrow will be yesterday yesterday's uh, today is yesterday's tomorrow and we can say today and tomorrow when it's yesterday's tomorrow we can say it's one more day <laughs> one more day to encourage one more day to confess that hope i hope that you're splashing in the fountain of this huge sense that god is not out of control he is saying i got this 
and you can get there from here. There is not just that day at the end of the age. There is next Monday, Thursday, Friday. There is the day after the announcement comes and says, okay, we now have the evidence that this pandemic has been pushed down or passed or whatever. And I want to tell you, you can get there. This old song that I've just been singing over and over lately. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Listen. Just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Watch this. Just to know, thus saith the Lord. Beloved, hope says you can get there from here. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him. How I proved Him more. Or and or. I like that. That's actually a typo that you're seeing. It's or and or is the old words, but I like more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious. Precious Jesus, oh, for grace right now to trust Him more. Hallelujah. Would you just close your hand and lift a hand of oath and covenant? Father, we praise you, we bless you, and we worship you. We magnify your name. Hallelujah. We praise you and we worship you, almighty God. Hallelujah. Father, you will be with us. You are with us in this moment. You're the God of the other side of this moment. You're the God of tomorrow. The first, the last, the beginning, and the end. Yesterday, today, and forever. Who will never leave us or forsake us. I pray for your people. The circumstances want to fracture our hope in you. But we will rise today. And say, Father, we're going to hold fast our say the same thing as hope. Because our hope is filled with that day we're celebrating here in just a few weeks. Our hope is filled with a resurrection that no one saw coming. Our hope is filled with overcoming the grave and rising from the dead. Our hope is filled with a Savior that came and took on flesh and baffled everyone. It wasn't supposed to happen that way. Our hope is filled with every imaginable expression of your life. So we're holding fast to our hope. Our hope that is informed. We will say the same thing Hallelujah. as our hope. The hope of a resurrection. The hope of overcoming. 
Do that for your people today. I love you and I praise you. I bless you. I ask it in your name. So be it. Thank you for joining us for the New Hope Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit newhopeonline.com.